talk about no priorities. That's K-N-O-W priorities. I'm Randy Skopasek, and in this podcast, we'll talk with people in the industry about product prioritization. Our guest today is Alan Branch. He's the co-founder of Less Everything, which makes amazing products like Less Accounting and Less Films. He enjoys building unique lamps as a hobby and spending as much time as possible with his family. You can find him on Twitter at Alan Branch. That's A-L-L-A-N-B-R-A-N-C-H. I love the Calendly app. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Justin made me use that when I was scheduling with him, and I was like, "Man, this is this is awesome." Oh yeah, um, it just cuts down on three emails of "How's Thursday?" Oh, Thursday works. What time? Oh, oh yeah. it's, uh, and then if you do that, you're two or three times a day. There's ten minutes. Yeah, you know, or more. So it's really good. What? Uh, you said you live in the woods. Where do you live? Um, I live in Indiana. In a little tiny town called Morgantown. Um, Founded by a guy named Morgan. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's a drastic difference for me because when I I was born, I I was in Oakland. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're talking half a million to a million people at that point in time. And I've slowly been moving into smaller and smaller towns, not intentionally, just, I don't know. I don't know how it's worked out. Next next place though will probably be on a beach somewhere because my wife wants a beach house. Oh yeah, that's where um, we live. We live on the beach. I, yeah. Now, how awesome is that? <laughs> uh, it could be awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, Panama City, um, where we live, is North Florida, mm-hmm. so we do get a freeze every year. But you know, it gets it'll get down to low freezing, so we make icicles. We don't make snow here. Yes. And um, but yeah, we're on. The, and people that live in this little town, this whole county is one hundred thirty thousand people. Hmm. And um, people that live here that don't go to the beach or don't have boats or don't have sailboats are like, this town sucks. I'm like, it <laughs> sucks like any other town with 130,000 people sucks, but we have a really great beach that you don't go to. Yeah. You know? And uh, you, and you can get a sailboat for a thousand bucks. You know, you can go to the beach for free. It doesn't, you know, yeah. it doesn't cost any money on the beach. Do, do you know where uh, New Smyrna Beach is? New Smyrna, I believe, is that uh, near near Tampa? Uh, Daytona. It's Daytona. just like 30 other, minutes other south. Yeah, we, we go down there. Uh, at least we go down to Edgewater and New Smyrna area yeah. about once a year. And, and that's one of those places you get to drive on the beach. And Yeah, which is both good and bad. Yeah. Uh, good as in it's fun <laughs> to drive on. Bad as in it messes your beach up. Yeah, they've so. done a pretty decent job in, yeah. in keeping it kept. The the only downside I've heard is, you know, I'm when I'm up here in Indiana, then I hear – Oh, New Smyrna is the shark bite capital of the world. It's the little nurse sharks that yeah, get yeah. some surfers. So. Yeah, the uh, all you know from I guess it's from um, Daytona up to about St. Augustine. You can drive on the beach. Yeah, our beach you would sink instantly because it's super <laughs> soft. It's like snow, oh. and uh, and it's when you step in it, it go you go to about shin deep. Uh, so you, you couldn't drive on it; it would be too soft. So we we don't have a beach that would it's hard like that. Exercise running. Exa- oh yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's tough on the the, uh, the hips. 
Well, uh, I, I could probably talk to you forever uh, mm. about just general stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the reason for me reaching out was uh, I put kind of a little you know, note ways back because I follow you on Twitter and uh, there was, I don't even remember the comment at the time, but I basically replied and I was uh, trying to gauge how you interacted with with your customers and how you prioritize your features. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, the, the initial reply, and, mm-hmm. and you smoothed this over as it went, the initial reply made me think, oh man, you don't even talk to your customers. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. I had it totally. Un- I had it totally wrong. Uh-huh. And as you started to explain it, so if you would, uh, can you explain how product uh, the product prioritization works for you at like less accounting and mm-hmm. your other less, you know, less is more. So yeah, <laughs> all sure. your less experiences. Yeah. Well, um, that is a very large question that the answer changes to every day. Um, you know how we pick how we pick the next feature to work on depends on uh, resources, right? You know we're a, we're a small shop, um, and so like some days it's product optimization, so it's server fixes and speeding the app up. Some days it's actually implementing new features. Sometimes it's making old features better. Um, and when we're not doing stuff that you you know behind the scenes, it's really gauged by. Um, where are we trying to take the app balanced against what are the customers complaining about and asking for? Um, we listen to, we listen to feedback from our customers, but we also kind of realize that they don't know our long-term vision and they don't see the full picture. You know, I hate to give the analogy of children, but, um, you know, my kids don't realize we make them eat certain things, so they don't become terribly you know, morbid obese people. We, mm-hmm. you know, they don't see the long term vision of what we're trying to get them to be, and your 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 users don't see you know the massive amount of feedback you get from customers. We have a feature mm-hmm. list of a thousand features. And the I, ideas are not the problem. Uh, Prioritize knowing what to work on next, and a lot of times features are Pandora's boxes of other features. Oh yeah. You know, um, and so you Land have to be, mines. <laughs> oh yeah, and so especially with a small team, you have to be extremely conservative about what you build. Um, and uh, how big is your team? If you might ask. The, the less accounting team is four people, including support. Okay. Uh, well, that that doesn't even count me. So it just it depends. You know, we have so many different projects. It really depends on what day it is. We have a, a customer support person. And then there's me and a couple developers and Steve, uh, and then we hire on dev- designers once in a while, and we hire, you know, yeah. It just depends on what day. Some days it's just support, right? And the sun because we'll all be working on something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some days it's everybody. Um, we recently sent out a survey, um, and we we do you know we survey customers and see what they say because we do listen. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people will say things like, "We need a mobile app." And you say, well, what do you want to do with a mobile app? And they'll say, I don't know, but I would love a mobile app. I want one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, uh, but less accounting is at a size now of customers where uh, if I were to change, and I've done this, change something really small like a button color, you know, making the save button green and, and, the, and the cancel button gray, <laughs> you'll get 50 emails that say this is the most brilliant change I've ever seen and 50 emails that say you should kill yourself. 
Uh, and so it's, it's just, you know, you have to kind of take user feedback and, and, and put it in a place that doesn't hurt you. Um, and, but then remember, you know, what they're saying. And then a lot of times you get great insights too. You know, customers do know the product better than you two do a lot of times, but we do use our own product. Do, do you find, uh, I mean, you, you talked about, uh, trying to share the, or maybe not trying to share the vision, but do you ever try and do that with, you know, sometimes as, as you put it, kids, some of them get it. Like, like you said, some of your, your customers will also get it. Sure. Do you ever like, okay, this is where we want this product to go. We're just telling y'all, hopefully you get it. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe you do. Yeah, we do. We're, we're pretty open about the way we run the company. I don't really want to share product roadmaps um, because I don't want them getting, well, you said September we're going to yeah. get this one. No, but telling them you know, why it's designed a certain way or, or why the feature's that way or what we're trying to add on to it. We don't give them ETAs on things, but we do. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I, we, 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 we try to interact like human beings with our customers because we're human and, and more than likely they're human too. Um, sometimes <laughs> you, you get, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do get customers. I mean, developers, uh, we have a lot of, a lot of uh, sort of tech companies that use or software developers that use lots of accounting. They are all. They are sometimes the greatest customers and also the worst. Uh, greatest, as in some of them have a lot of empathy for you and the situation you're in and, and how hard it is, and and then some of them say it's just a checkbox. It should take you two hours, and you say, well, you don't really know the whole. You know, it changes. Tell me about accrual accounting. Do you know what accrual accounting is versus cash accounting? Yeah. So, and, and this, we are building an accounting app. You know, we're not building like a photo sharing app um, or something like that, but. Um, it's developers are, are, can be very nice customers and they can be very terrible customers. Yes. <laughs> all, de- all depends on the day. All depends on the day. So uh, what do you feel uh, kind of works and doesn't work as far as trying to gather the feedback from your customers? Hmm. Or, or people, I shouldn't just say customers. Cause you know, sometimes you're also trying to like gauge things from your own employees and maybe the contractors you used to work with and you know, your other friends and that you might ask questions as just general advisement from time to time. Yeah. It's, um, it's all hard. You know, it's, it's all, um, we have people that we consult with advice from, um, David and C-Mac, uh, formerly of grasshopper.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just recently sold to Citrix. They've been just wonderfully kind, generous people with their time and, and advice. Um, but, you know, every situation is different and every company is different. Every problem is different. And not just because we're all building different products. It's because we're all different people and we have different motives and we have different personalities. We all get burned out at different times. And so, uh, I, I love getting advice from people, but a lot of times they don't. They, they, you give advice based on your situation, and mm-hmm. you know you're kind of uh, projecting yourself on what you would do in their situation, and they don't know the full picture. And so, um, I, you know, my dad's a great source of advice, and my business partner Steve, his dad is, a, is an entrepreneur as well, and they're great places people to get advice from. Um, but really, most people don't know the situation that you're in. Um, I th- I, yeah, I'm trying to think of an instance where uh, I don't think there's 
necessarily bad advice. I think you should listen to everyone's advice, but advice kind of like feedback, right? You listen to it, you say, oh, that's interesting. Thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, you, you put it in its place and, and you kind of deal with it. You know, I think people looking at our, at our product and our situation, uh, kind of if they were looking at our you know, conventional advice would be, what are you guys doing? Your product's too big. You, the, the growth's too slow. You should quit. You should sell it. You should do something else. You know, and and, and um, so we, we we didn't listen to a lot of people. Steve and I, my business partner, we list, we disregarded a lot of people that had a lot of great advice. We just kept kind of trudging. Unless accounting took years and years and years and years and years to get profitable, and um, it's still not hugely profitable. We're not rich people at all. You know, so uh, you know, yeah, yeah trade offs. I, I I mean I you know, read in and, and hear from you and hear from, you know, the product and, and stuff like that. Like you're, you're building a great product, you're supporting a great product and you're trying to balance that with a good life too. Yeah. But that's not, you know, a lot of people would say, uh, like I have friends that are, are VC funded and mm -hmm. everyone, everyone has their own path, right? And, yeah. and we're all kind of figure out what our path is and what our priorities are. You know, someone who has no children, and no spouse has different advice to you know they look at my situation they say you're not really trying you're not you're not trying to make a dent in the universe uh you know so everyone just has advice is just it's easy to get and um you know it's not a right a lot of times you just kind of go got to go with your gut yeah i like that comment so not not that there's anything wrong in either direction but yeah. a, a single individual Typically younger, as it usually turns out. No kids, no no spouse, no boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. They have a lot of time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, cool. I I know one of the things that it, I don't want to say. Ooh, actually, yeah. let me interrupt you. Go for it. There was, there was a product called Raymond.is, R-A-M-E-N.is, that I looked yeah. at this week that allows you to put, it's similar to Intercom, but you basically mm -hmm. install it and you can, in different URLs of your app, you can say like, trigger different things, questions and stuff. It's kind of like questions as a service and it allows oh. you to kind of collect feedback. And we're going to start using that to kind of dig into different reports of less accounting Mm -hmm. and kind of get more situational information from the people that are using it. Like, what are you trying to do when you get this report? Um, instead of just showing the numbers, we're trying to get their sort of the psychology behind what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's awesome. Diving into the, mm -hmm. the context. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I've never heard of that. Uh, yeah, it just came out. Yeah. <laughs> of course, every day. Something, every day. That's something, something. That, you haven't seen it? It was on Product Hunt. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got product hump, hunt up every now and then. I look through it. And... Yeah. So if you tried to keep up with everything, you would get no work done. It, yes. <laughs> that's, that's also why I don't have thousands and thousands of Twitter or follow okay. that many people. Cause you know, sit there all day. Like, Oh my goodness, look at all this stuff, man. I'm just a total loser. I can't keep up with half the industry. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I know where I left off in our uh, Twitter conversation, it was um, you, you kind of commented like, well, the, you actually watch the support channels and, and your people watch the support channels like a hawk, basically, which is I know, part of my email came in. It's, um, 
thinking, well, you know, that's a whole whole different thing, especially for large companies versus smaller companies where there's this gap where you can finally still uh, manage things as kind of a one-on-one where you can have personal involvement and where in much larger organizations, they can't do that. So everything has to be automation. Everything has to be implemented. And so they have layers of separation of what they know in, in exchange, like all the tickets there, well, you're the owner of the business or one of the owners of the business. You can see all the tickets and you can harmonize with all the information and sympathize and comment. And so uh, you're very tightly integrated in with all your customers in that way. And so that was a whole another you know, feedback loop that, that works beautifully. It, it, that's, that's actually what threw me off because I was not thinking about that at the time. And I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, most people wouldn't think that, um, you know, uh, even a designer of a product would be reading all the tickets, especially not an owner, uh, that we have other things to do. And there are some days where I don't get to all of them. Um, but, um, yeah, just reading them all. It only, I mean, uh, 50 tickets only takes 15 minutes or so to read. Like, it's not like it's mm-hmm. some arduous task that, takes forever it's not um we and i also do our own bookkeeping so not only do you know which takes me an hour to a month and you you it's it's single-handedly the greatest and the most painful hour that i do every every month because <laughs> uh you know you're like getting the books done feel man this software is pretty damn good and then you're like oh my god this software is terrible <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's embarrassing and terrible, and so it's. Um, well, dog but food. you know, good. yeah, you got to use your own product, and so we, we could easily just have a bookkeeper do it. We have bookkeepers on staff, but um, well, you have that, a bookkeeper service now. You should hire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then I wouldn't get to see uh, all the uh, the, the issues, you know. And yeah. So it's um it's a good thing. Yeah. I I actually thought that was a brilliant addition to the the product lineup, uh, but. I digress. Yeah, the uh, selling productizing services is actually way easier to sell than productizing or selling a software product. Mm-hmm. It's way way faster. I think that you know, if I was a freelancer, I would be approaching, uh, you know, let's just say Mailchimp. Let's say you're a you're a terrible developer or something, and you all you know how to do is really do Mailchimp, but you're kind of tech savvy. I would be finding companies like software companies that want not say to add a service layer under their umbrella but who would recommend you to help get people set up because i i hardly sign up for any software products anymore unless it has someone that can actually hand hold me during setup because the reality is software is super cheap and they're incredible values if you can use them properly and get set up right like yeah you know so it's just like i I think it's that's the next thing is everyone's just gonna start selling services on type of products or, or some sort of freelancer layer that connects you to freelancers or something. Yeah, it always seems like a value add when I when I see a product that's already adding value, and then you have, you know, they offer this side service of uh, will help onboard your services or mm-hmm. offboard. I don't typically see that, but. And then some other items in between, um, even in cloud services, where they're like, "Well, we'll we'll manage your servers for you if you want." Mm-hmm. No, no problem. Otherwise, just use the cloud services as is, and you know, have a wonderful day. Totally. 
do you ever find uh, either in your own org or or as you kind of witness it out in the industry where you think certain people are being excluded from having their voice heard? Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a deep one. Are we talking about like, racial or like economical or well, just I, like uh, <laughs> layer, layers of the company? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Just up top of Mount Everest, toss a coin and see where, no, uh, the, the point here is like in a, in a enterprisey like company, it's easier for me to comment on this where you, know, you could have certain customers that their voice is never heard to the person making the product decisions, or there's people in customer service that they never get heard or, or in the billing group. It's, it's noticeably more common in larger companies. Um, I thought I'd at least ask that from your own perspective, because you have a tight knit group there to begin with. If you felt like anyone, um, you know, customer types and such, Sure. Or just out in the industry from other people, you know, you're seeing these perspectives of larger companies, smaller companies, just people you feel like, man, if 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 they'd only listen to X, Y, and Z, or they are, but they're listening to it through this other individual and all their info is getting lost. Oh. Yeah. Well, know. see, I, I started to answer with the, um, you know, the old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the, uh, the grease, because uh, the customers that complain a yeah, lot. Not them. Get, not yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Then, but yeah, that's 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 actually a different question. So, who are who are you potentially as a business owner not listening to that you should be listening to, or or, or that you're trying to, but but something so, is getting in the way and you're not and they're not being heard. You know, like a, a salesperson generalize or tries to summarize the information, or customer service tries to summarize the info that gets in the door. So mm-hmm. sometimes that is kind of a, a delegate proxy that can mess up the information. Yeah, that is interesting. Well, I've never worked in a large company. I've always worked in super, super tiny companies where you could go – I hate to even use the word open door policy because that's a super corporate word. But uh, you know, my first job, we could bring our pets to work. And so I've never worked in a corporation where you didn't get heard. Um we we all have sort of this sort of like emotional baggage kind of stuff like customer support. If we were to listen to just customer support, we would just be fixing bugs forever, mm-hmm. right? And and we would never build any new features. Um, and if we listened to just the customers, we would be just building new features, specifically mobile apps. <laughs> we would have a mobile <laughs> app for everything uh, because they tend to love. I think mobile apps is one of those things that people have, it's like a psychological checkbox you have to have. Uh, but, um, no worries. You'll have it done by next week. I'm sure. Oh, easily, easily <laughs> next week, uh, next year. Totally. So we have an iPhone app. People don't realize <laughs> it. It, last, it, was, it was updated last in uh, 2008, mm. uh, when the iPhones first came out. But, um, uh, man, that is a tough question to answer. I don't have a good answer for that. It's, it's um, fine. listen to everybody a little bit and then ignore everyone. Yeah. You know, that's probably <laughs> You know, you're, I mean, I guess as a decision maker, your job is to gather up information and compartmentalize it and catalog it and, and, and tag it. And then when the need arises, you're basically like a researcher. You're, you're a de- mm-hmm. detective and you're uh, sort of, um, you know, re- realizing that everyone's feedback and voices have e- baggage and their own perspective 
and short-sightedness involved in it. And your job is to kind of look above them and pick out pieces. Uh, but I don't know of a particular group of people within the company or outside the company that are being ignored. Um, you know, I think that's different for every company. So I can't. I don't have. A, I don't have a great answer for that. That's fair enough. Like I, said, I have, I, I have know. no secret sauce. No secret sauce. I'm, I'm sauceless. <laughs> yeah. Or saucy. I could saucy. be saucy. By I'll, more. I'll take saucy. You got a great personality. That's that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I was thinking about that. You. Uh, yeah, like you you build lamps and stuff on the, I say on the side. Like you don't have yeah. so many businesses there. But I just, I don't know, I think that stuff's cool. And I loved how you launched the new, uh, maybe it's not launched. Maybe it's just when I f- first saw it. It was the uh, Less Video. Yeah, Less Films. Yeah. yeah, Less Films. I was yeah. like, yeah, that has personality written all over it. I love that. I, yeah. I can see where some people wouldn't like it because it's not, you know. It's not expected. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. But I like that. Less Films has been around for five years now, and uh, I'm putting time into it now. Um, it's six people in size, and I'm trying to push it up to a million dollars a year in revenue. And uh, it's typically explainer videos, both live action and motion graphic stuff. But um, the kind of the angle now is because I'm kind of involved in the project. It's not just pretty videos. It's mm-hmm. you know our goal is conversions. And um, I've got the background. I, I know how to write stuff and do copywriting and marketing and that sort. Of, and that, so you're not just getting pretty video; you're getting videos that convert mm-hmm. into signups. So it's it's fun. It's fun bouncing after doing less accounting for eight years. <laughs> it's fun doing you know, and it's lots of new scripts. It's a, it's three new scripts a week, and so it's three new problem sets, three new customers, three market segments, and what's you know, and what's sales saying. And all. it's fun, man. That's that's like a, it's like almost like a brain teasers. It's, it's fun. <laughs> So you're constantly bouncing around between less accounting and less films. Yeah, and, and you know. less films, and we also have less churn. We actually have other products that we're kind of closing up because we don't support them anymore. But um, yeah, less churn is our is our software as a service product for other software as a service companies. Um, and um, so we're kind of we bounce around, and you know, some people might think that's terrible and probably is and we if we focus on one thing we may be really good at it but uh i like the my my satisfaction in being create creative comes from the variety not you know having one and the same way at home i have to have nine projects in my backyard that i'm working on or i'm <laughs> that sort of state of chaos is what i need i need half built lamps i need my truck uh, is the whole dash is ripped off it now. I, I cut the steering column in half the other day to shorten it. <laughs> you know, I need we redid my sailboat. I have to have lots of things I'm working on because I have to have that sense of I'm over my in over my head, and I, I like that chaos, the, the drama within the chaos of the projects. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like I, I actually find it more entertaining to move in to a situation that is completely chaotic to clean mm-hmm. it up. I thoroughly enjoy that versus walking into a room and eh, there's yeah. a few things out. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to add much value here. Totally. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I rebuilt the carburetor on my Jeep. Uh, well, this was about six months ago. I don't, I don't know how carburetors work. Well, previously I didn't. <laughs> Just started taking it apart. I had a rebuild kit. 
and I was completely terrified until I got about three different screws into it. And I was like, oh, I've gone too far. There's no turning back now. <laughs> and uh, then when I got it rebuilt and put it back on the Jeep and got the Jeep cranked up, I was like, I have created explosions. Like, I felt like <laughs> the greatest mechanic in the world. And I'm going to be driving this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's fun kind of coming out of that sort of state of like, I'm going to screw everything up and you just keep putting your head down and then you come out of it alive and you're like, this is the greatest day ever. Yeah. That's, that's what I love. I, I had an old, uh, I want to say it's 87 Honda Accord, mm-hmm. I think. And I had to rebuild the engine because I made a stupid mistake when I bought it. Uh, previous owner rebuilt the engine themselves, put gaskets on, didn't punch out the holes, trashed oh. the engine. So, wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that until after <laughs> it's too late. So yeah. I went to go through and I rebuilt the whole engine and some other stuff came up and project got put on hold from being finalized. And when I came back, that, that was the, the point in time where Honda had like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, however many hoses mm-hmm. to route things. And I didn't mark any of them down. So I looked at that like, yeah, I'm going to donate this car to yeah. <laughs> like a high school mechanic shop or something. Totally. So, totally. Uh, <laughs> so uh, as far as product prioritization goes, mm-hmm. um, trying to keep myself on track too. Um, yeah. What do you wish could happen, but for whatever reason it can't or can't right now? Mm, man, you are all about these deep questions. Um, what I wish, to, I wish you know, we're a small team, so I always there's always a battle of resources, right? I wish we had way more resources. Uh, at the same time, if we had lots of resources, we would be building a lot more crap. Um, <laughs> and so the constraint is really nice too. I'm really bad at patience. I wish I had more patience. It's one of my character flaws, and I, I like moving fast. Um, and so I wish I had more patience personally. Um, as far as the company goes, I wish I had, oh, I could always, I just, I never feel like I completely understand what I'm doing. Uh, I always feel like everyone else knows, you know, it's maybe imposter syndrome, but more like, um, you know, everyone's doing such a better job with email lists and combining their email lists and evergreen content and having this beautiful ecosystem of content, and I'm doing a terrible job at it. And so I always wish I had a better understanding of something. And so amidst the chaos of jumping from project to project, you're never able to really s- spend weeks and weeks and months and months refining one thing. You come back. versus a specialist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although I'm not really a developer, so I don't get – that to that part of the weeds, I do cross over into the marketer, mm-hmm. content creator, designer role. Um, so, uh, you know, I always wish I had more time, uh, but I'm not necessarily more time to work. I actually want, I want to work less. My goal is to continue to make the same amount of money I do now, uh, just to work less and less and less and less and less. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm down to about 35 hours, 32 hours most weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get that down to 25. Um, is that and, for you and everyone on the staff? No, no, no. They can work. Let them work. 
lots of them. They every hour I take off, let them work that hour. Okay. Uh, no, I mean I I do want everyone to work less hours, but we don't really. None of us work a whole lot of hours. But I want to work less, less, and less. So, um, I I didn't but, know some companies have that general goal of let's let's asynchronously work whenever the heck we want and. Uh, wherever the heck we want and you know all that we do we do that we do but we do want crossover mm-hmm. so you can work anywhere in the world that you want to but we do require everyone to have a few hours of just information exchange because you know like if there's no developers working when supports around that's kind of scary uh, just being like yeah. oh there, you guys pushed a bug to production and now you're all asleep thanks a lot you know so it's you don't really you need some crossover time there devops wake up <laughs> yeah oh yeah you broke it you fix it oh yeah so we do want some crossover <laughs> but we're not strict on when they work you know it's everyone just has to get their job done uh, and so that does take have to take a certain kind of person that can be self-motivated self-managed um but yeah i always just wish i had uh more help um but i don't know if more help would probably spawn me to work more hours too so i don't really know i don't really have a great answer for that either. i don't have many good answers i just have like Ooh, that sounds like good, but I don't really know if I want that either. You know, I'd love more money. Like I'd love more. Like I'd love, I'd love someone to be like, "Here, Alan, here's five million dollars for one percent of your company." I'd be like, "Sweet," but then I don't want. I don't want their money because then I have to listen to their advice. Uh, then, yeah, so it's always like I don't really know what I want. When I grow up, though, Randy, I, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have this all figured out when I grow up. Uh, one yeah. day. Uh, one day. One day. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, one other question, if I may. Um, I think we're running over on time for you. Oh, it correct? doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know if I have any calls, but whatever. Okay. Um, so are there people or, you know, think, thinking of the imposter syndrome here a bit <laughs> or whatever, uh, are there people, orgs, or, or products out there in the industry that, you know, you think, man, they're, they're doing a good job at this stuff, like at, at the execution, at uh, product prioritization stuff. Um, yeah, you, you don't yeah. necessarily like look up to, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe you do, but like, you're like, you just recognize, I, I think they do a good job. Yeah, I can't comment on people's product presentation because I don't see their full picture. So, But you see execution and yeah. execution is bad. The prioritization's bad. They all oh, go hand in hand. There are so many people that I envy. Uh, ben Chestnut at MailChimp, the CEO of MailChimp. Mm-hmm. So smart. MailChimp is just one of those companies. The product, the product is good, but their marketing and how interesting they are and how fun they are, just so much personality. I just envy them for how interesting they are, and uh, they just do so much fun stuff. You know, obviously <laughs> – 37 Sentinels or Basecamp, whatever they want to call themselves. J- Jason and uh, just very interesting guy in general. Has such great taste in everything. I mean, DHH, the dude's got race cars. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> I mean, I'll never be that sexy. I mean, seriously. Uh, you know, there, there's Brennan Dunn at W Freelancer, right? just smart guy, so good with email lists. Nathan Barry, so good with email lists. Rob Walling, Get Drip. You know they're just so good at building those, or seemingly building um, sort of ecosystems of content and email lists. I'm terrible at those things. Um, 
you know, I love the design stuff that comes from RDO. Their, their, their marketing website looks just fantastic. So there, there's just so many people that just do great jobs. You know, I, I, podcasting, Ira Glass, right? Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's so many people doing so many interesting things. Uh, you can spend your whole day just wandering around the internet being jealous of people, uh, <laughs> which is pretty much all I do. I do that and I shop for RVs and I watch YouTube videos of things. That's pretty much my job. But, um, you know, there's – uh, process accounting once – once Every <laughs> once in a while, that's I pretty much am just a bookkeeper at this point. And uh, once a month, I'll do some bookkeeping. The rest of the time, I just watch YouTube videos. Um, but uh, there's, there's, uh, gosh, who was it that was? Um, I mean, Josh, Josh Pigford, Barometrics, great content, uh, great product. Uh, I, there, there are other accounting apps that I, that I think all the other accounting apps are doing a great job. I mean, eight years ago when we first launched with the county. There was no good accounting apps out there. It was very easy. Now you've got a lot of great accounting apps. Harvest is a beautiful app. They do great marketing, very refined and pretty. Um, they had a video of a, some guy, a, pe- a pizza shop owner or something. Hmm. Beautiful stuff. I mean, FreshBooks puts out great stuff too. Uh, Mike McDermott, the CEO of FreshBooks, is even still, I'll have conversations with him and just the, how the, how's the company going. And we, we are seemingly competitors. And he is generous and kind and smart and wise and just a beautiful person in general. Uh, and so even within people that you think are competitors, they're just there's so many smart people. The, what the internet doesn't do for us is make you think you're the smartest person in the world. Uh, if, you, if you spend enough time <laughs> on the internet, you'll just go, oh my gosh, there are so many people doing so many great things. I am just not that smart. Yeah. Every, every time I think I'm doing something good, I just – just waltz around the internet for yeah. a bit and it, it's humbling. I, I think if, if people do that and they're not humbled, um, yeah, that's saying something. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Um, really we, we breeze through the questions, uh, yeah. at least that I had prepared. <laughs> I used to have a longer list, but I was like, I never, I never thought I'd get through them, so I kept sure. shorting them down. Um, so cool. Yeah, I um, I I like to do one of the things I like to do is I like to look at other industries that are doing fun, yeah. interesting stuff. Like a, a lot of the great content I think that's coming on the internet for businesses are coming from like um, uh, auto people selling auto parts online. They do a great job on how to use your products and things like that. And a lot of like the beer brewing supply companies are putting out a lot of great content on. And what they do, it's hard to translate that to an accounting app. Um, but like uh, Basecamp is putting out the distance, which is a, a long, well, not super long form, but long form sort of uh, articles on staying in business. And so there's just yeah. stealing ideas from other industries is, I think, a great idea. Or great, what I do at least. I'm not going to say oh, yeah. everyone should do it, but it's what I do. Oh, no. I mean, even back in, in the college days, going through. Um, business and, and marketing and all that kind of stuff, entrepreneurship, comparing yourself, making sure you don't just compare yourself against your own industry because that can tank. If everyone in the industry mm-hmm. <laughs> has very uh, narrow mindsets on how to improve, uh, there's, there's ton to, tons to improve from, uh, from the other industries. And honestly, I don't, th- I think if, if a company never looks outside of its own industry, it just can't ever truly grow. Uh-huh. Uh, 
because you know each industry doesn't have necessarily the same challenges and at some point you'll probably hit the same ones just in a little bit different way and it's like well this this vertical industry over there is already it's already gone across this and and they've they've vetted it out over the last 10 15 20 years and this is what they got to say and you're like oh that's perfect this is pay 15 bucks or whatever for the ebook on what they've already figured out and now I'll go <laughs> I'll, I'll borrow that and implement it here so I don't have to spend 15 years figuring it out for myself yeah yeah the one thing that the tech industry is good at though is creating con- we, we all know how to create content mm-hmm. we're all pretty good at sharing content um, you might I, I grew up in the car wash industry my family owns car washes and that industry, we used to go to trade shows and stuff. And, and that industry is great at sharing. They'll share P&Ls. You know, one guy will try to get a loan for something, and hmm. someone else have a similar car wash, and they'll say, let me borrow your P&Ls. And th- for the most part, they'll, they'll share P&Ls and things that are really deep, but they don't have the ability to, well, really their time or returns to s- sell it online as an ebook. And so we, we do, but what, you know, we do have a flood of ebooks and things like that in, within our industry. Uh, it does make people get a little preachy, preachy, like they know, like they have it, like they know, like common wisdom today is not going to be common wisdom in six months. And so, yeah, you know, like the new thing now is like retargeting doesn't work. Um, and six months ago, the same people were going retargeting is the shit. And so it's just like, you know, yeah. yeah. You mean I'm not? We're not putting out original content here. This has all been rehashed. 200, oh, 300 years ago. Yeah, this probably. is actually you're actually speaking to a robot right now. Oh well, that's that's good. That explains why I only see a picture on Skype, but it's not full video, and <laughs> it's all artificial intelligence. So is is it hosted on uh, Amazon or Microsoft? It's it's Amazon Web Services. <laughs> yeah, it's um, Allen three thousand. Allen three thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they actually had a uh, there was a chat bot. Um, have you ever heard of Alice? Alice Org, Alice Bot. Was that the one that would text message you and like pick things off a of Craigslist or something, and you'd reply back to it, and it would ping someone else? It was like a spam thing. No, no, no. No. But okay. <laughs> as far as I know, they never grew up past that. There, there was a guy that uh, uh, had a challenge or whatever to make it so a program you could chat with it just like in any other chat room and you uh-huh. would get to a point where you couldn't really discern if it was a person or not. It yeah. knew how to break down sentences, intentions and, and kind of reply to you. But at some point you, you pretty much always realize, yeah, they're not following the conversation. This doesn't yeah. make any sense. Uh, uh, yeah, that's coming. I, uh, I, I, this was a couple of years ago. There was some sort of spam bot that would go around and text message you. And you would say like it would be some random question. You'd be like, "What are you talking about?" And it would connect you to someone else, and they would be like, "What are you talking about?" Because they would interrupt them, and they'd be like, "You have this massive confusion." I don't remember what it was called. It was some sort of spam bot that somehow get cell phone numbers. It's serendipitous communication with a random individual. Just yeah, it's like, "Hey, do you need an accounting software?" Or <laughs> it's like ta- text roulette or chat roulette or whatever that thing is. Thank you for listening. Show notes, links, and resources are available at NoPriorities.com. Help the show by subscribing, rating, and commenting in iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at NoPriorities 
That's K-N-O-W Priorities. And once again, thank you for your time. I'm Randy Skopasek. Have a great day.